of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Lincoln Live this morning. I'm Dale Johnson. America is honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. today. We remember Dr. King here in Lincoln by a speech that he made on December 30th, 1962 in Pershing Center to the Methodist Student Leadership Conference, a speech titled Christian Responsibility in the Racial Revolution. For Lincoln Live today, KFOR News brings you the final few minutes of Dr. King's hour-long speech. So enjoy the powerful words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. from Pershing Center on Lincoln Live this morning. Theologians would say that it is the love of God operating in the human heart. And so when one rises to love on this level, he loves every man, not because he likes him, not because his ways appeal to him, but he loves every man because God loves him. And he rises to the level of loving the person who does an evil deed while hating the deed that the person does. And I think this is what Jesus meant when he said, love your enemies. I'm happy he didn't say like your enemies because it's pretty difficult to like some people. Like is an affectionate uh, quality. And it's pretty difficult, frankly, to like some people. I must frankly say that uh, I don't like some of the things that uh, Senator Eastland and Senator Thurman and Senator Stennis and Senator Russell, it's hard to like, but Jesus says love them, and love is greater than like. Love is understanding, creative, redemptive goodwill for all men, and it can be a strong, demanding love, for in the process it demands justice, and I believe that it is this kind of love that can take us through this period of transition, and we can come to that brighter day this is what we've tried to do in the midst of our struggle. We haven't always succeeded, but somehow in some of the dark moments, we have been able to stand up before our violent oppressors and say, we will match your capacity to inflict suffering with our capacity to endure suffering. We will meet your physical force with soul force. Do to us what you will, and we will still love you. We cannot in all good conscience obey your unjust laws because non-cooperation with evil is as much a moral obligation as is cooperation with good. And so throw us in jail and we will still love you. Bomb our homes and threaten our children and as difficult as it is, we will still love you. Yes, send your hooded perpetrators of violence into our communities at the midnight hours. Drag us out on some wayside road and beat us and leave us half dead. And as difficult as it is, we will still love you. But be assured that we will wear you down by our capacity to suffer. And one day we will win our freedom. We will not only win freedom for ourselves. We will so appeal to your heart and your conscience that we will win you in the process. And our victory will be a double victory. This is what the nonviolent discipline says in the final analysis. And I believe that it can lead us out of this dark night into a new and noble day and help every one of us go into the new age which is emerging, fully awake, 
can help us to go into the new age which is emerging with the right attitudes. Whether we are white or whether we are black, we will go in with understanding goodwill. And we happen to have been on the oppressed end of the old order. We will not go in to pay those back who have oppressed us. We will go in with larger levels of forgiveness. We will not seek to substitute one tyranny for another. We will know that a doctrine of black supremacy is as dangerous as a doctrine of white supremacy, and that in the final analysis, God is not interested merely in the freedom of black men and brown men and yellow men, but God is interested in the freedom of the whole human race and the creation of a society where all men will live together as brothers and every man will respect the dignity and the worth of human personality. And so the challenge ahead is to move out with a strong action program undergirded by philosophy and method of nonviolence. And if we will do this, yes, we will be a part of that creative movement remaining awake through a great revolution. If we are to solve this problem, really, we must continue to have a sort of divine discontent. There are certain technical words within every academic discipline that soon become stereotypes and cliches. Every academic discipline has its technical nomenclature. Modern psychology has a word that is probably used more than any other word in psychology. It is the word maladjusted. This word is a ringing cry to modern child psychology. And suddenly we want to live a well-adjusted life in order to avoid neurotic and schizophrenic personalities. But I would like to say to you this evening, my friends, that there are some things within our nation and within the world which I'm proud to be maladjusted, which I call upon all men of goodwill to be maladjusted until the good societies realize. I must honestly say to you that I never intend to become adjusted to racial segregation and discrimination. I never intend to adjust myself to religious bigotry. I never intend to become adjusted to economic conditions that will take necessities from the many to give luxuries to the few. I never intend to become adjusted to the madness of militarism and the self-defeating effects of physical violence. For in a day when Sputniks and explorers are dashing throughout a space and guided ballistic missiles are carving highways of death through the stratosphere, no nation can win a war. It is no longer the choice between violence and nonviolence. It is either nonviolence or non-existence. The alternative to disarmament, the alternative to a greater suspension of nuclear tests, the alternative to strengthening the United Nations and thereby disarming the whole world may well be a civilization plunged into the abyss of annihilation. And so I say to you that that is need for the little maladjustment. It may well be that we need a new organization in our world the International Association for the Advancement of Creative Maladjustment. Men and women. Men and women who will be as maladjusted as the Prophet Amos, 
who in the midst of the injustices of his day could crowd in words that echo across the centuries, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream, as maladjusted as Abraham Lincoln, who had the vision to see that this nation could not survive half slave and half free, as maladjusted as Thomas Jefferson, who in the midst of an age amazingly adjusted to slavery, could scratch across the pages of history words lifted to cosmic proportions. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as maladjusted as our Lord and our Master could say to the men and women around Galilee, he who lives by the sword will perish by the sword, and who could look into their eyes and say, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, pray for them that despitefully use you. And through such maladjustment, we will be able to emerge from the bleak and desolate midnight of man's inhumanity to man into the bright and glittering daybreak of freedom and justice. And so I call upon you tonight not to be spectators on the sideline, not to be individuals who are looking on, but to be involved participants in this great struggle to make our nation a greater nation and to end all of the evils of racial injustice, poverty, and the evil of war. And if we will all be involved participants, we will be able to speed up that day. I must admit to you that there are not always pleasant moments when you stand up in this struggle. I must be honest enough to say to you, that if you stand up in this struggle, it may mean that you will have to suffer for righteousness' sake. It may mean that somebody will be called bad names and will be misunderstood merely because they're standing up may mean losing a job. It may mean somehow facing all of the agonies and all of the frustrations of our days. It may mean that somebody will have to face physical death like Medgar faced in the civil rights workers in Mississippi this summer. But a physical death is a price that some must pay to free their children and their white brothers from a permanent psychological death and a permanent death of the spirit then nothing can be more redemptive. The thing that must always console us is that as we struggle, we do not struggle alone. And that is something in our Christian faith to remind us of this. The God that we worship is not some Aristotelian unmoved mover who merely contemplates upon himself. He's not merely a self-knowing God, but he's an other-loving God, working through history for the salvation of his children. And that is an event at the center of our faith, which reminds us that Good Friday may occupy the throne for a day, but ultimately it must give way to the triumphant beat of the drums of Easter. That is something in our faith which reminds us that evil may so shape events 
that Caesar will occupy the palace and Christ the cross. But one day that same Christ will rise up and split history into A.D. and B.C. so that even the life of Caesar must be dated by his name. That is something in this universe which justifies Carlisle in saying no lie can live forever. That is something in this universe which justifies William Cullen Bryant in saying truth crushed earth will rise again. That is something in the very structure of the cosmos which justifies James Russell Lowell in saying truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yet that scaffold sways the future. Behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. This is our faith, and this is what will carry us through. We have a little song that we sing in the movement. Many of you know it. It has become the theme song of our movement, and I still believe in it, and I can still sing it. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. And that is another stanza, the Lord will see us through. The Lord will see us through. Deep in my heart, I do believe. And with this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair the stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to somehow speed up the day and every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill will be made low. The rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. With this faith, we will be able to speed up the day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Thank you. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. from December 30th, 1962, a speech here in Lincoln at Pershing Center to the Methodist Student Leadership Conference. I'm Dale Johnson on Lincoln Live.